It is, yeah. We're we're about even. I, I will say I've I've been beating him a little bit the last couple months, but hey, uh-huh. just, <laughs> little Roger, friendly, little Roger. friendly competition. Roger, you know? you're Nothing, getting called no, out. No, those guys do a great job, and it, <laughs> it is really close. Uh, the service departments see about the same number of vehicles about the come through. Same, yeah. We have about the same number of technicians between the two stores, and they're uh, good locations. It's yeah, yeah. to split the valley that way. Well, yeah, we're we're easily accessible. You know, off State Street, off thirty five hundred South. Um, you can come in off I eighty. You can come in off thirty third South. Um, you know, South Town's right there in the Auto Mall, but also you know right on State Street, so it's easy to to get to them too. Uh, so we enjoyed the uh, the events last weekend at the Do Good Feel Good. Yeah, that was fun. I wasn't there, but. I, I did get to see a lot of the festivities on, you know, Facebook, and they had a cuddle, a puppy cuddle lounge. I know. I'm I'm so mad that I, I missed that. <laughs> I, I didn't get that at, at Midtown when we did it. <laughs> yeah, no, you I'm, didn't. I'm jealous. <laughs> Last year, yeah, there was yeah, no. So they they, they puppy beat us there. Lounge. <laughs> oh man, I I, I think. Everywhere that's uh, so, I think the DMV, uh, jail, the hospitals, uh, your in-laws—they should all have puppy cuddle puppy lounges. Puppy cuddle lounges are the way of the future. Every right? place you yeah. don't want to be, make it a little. I, I, I hope my. I'm kidding. I love my. My, my, my wife wants one at our house now, so that I'm in trouble. That's every uh, wish list for a home should have a yeah. puppy cuddle <laughs> lounge. So thanks to Nuzzles and Co. Uh, and the uh, f- for providing that, and a lot of uh, someone walked away. Uh, in fact, someone who came in that day and found a clue end up winning yeah, the, the three-year lease. Yeah, see, you can uh, hang in there until the end. And <laughs> I think the Hunter family is who got it. I could be wrong on the name. I but remember. Congrats but. to whoever it was, and we had a blast. It was a lot of fun. So we got one more year before we do good, feel good again. But yep. the share of the love will be coming around. Share before the love we know will it. be here before we even know it. But we've always got um, you know great activities going on with um, local nonprofits, our charity partners. Um, you don't have to wait until next year. You don't have to wait until share the love to get involved. Um, come see us. Come come see you know your local nonprofit and volunteer your time. I think it's it's great to get involved uh, year round. Any idea what the total donations came to? You know, I for don't the do have good, that feel good number. Um, I think I we might we still be tallying it up. Are yeah. we still okay? My, I'll have to text Mike and see if he, if he knows. Well, I do know that uh, the the dog food and cat food. We had a ton. Was ridiculous. Yeah. in a good people, way. People yeah. really came through on that. I mean, we had. I, I can't remember the total on that, but it was it was hundreds and uh, of pounds of dog food and cat food. It was wonderful. So, uh, wrapping up, do good, feel good, and we'll uh, look forward to the Share the Love event. Uh, we got a lot to talk about today. Tesla, as always, but this time a, a, do we call them a driver, an operator of a Tesla motor vehicle yeah. uh, I, is in the news a bit are, today. Are you a driver if you're not driving the car? <laughs> if you're not aware that you're in the car? Uh, if you're, yeah, did, did if you you're not this? awake? Did, did, I don't know. It, there's a video out there. I'm sure people have seen it. It, it made the, the news a couple days ago of a Tesla driver in California basically asleep at the wheel for about five minutes while the car is just, you know, uh, driving itself down the freeway at 60, 70 miles an hour, even taking the off-ramp at one point and, uh, you know, uh, merging off. So, Pretty terrifying. I didn't mean, end in an accident. Didn't or end in an accident. And that's uh, what people he, are like. Well, what are you? What's wrong? You got there safely. It's, it's not meant for that. Like it, even Tesla says, you're supposed to not be asleep in your car. And um, I mean, there have been all sorts of other nefarious activities that have happened with uh, oh, people yeah. in, <laughs> in right Tesla's. here in this state. Yes, <laughs> kind of started the whole thing off with a fire truck. Uh, that's ridiculous. And I hope I they agree. throw the book at 
Uh, because even if Tesla was like, you can sleep in our car, the law says you can't. The law says you can't, so. and ultimately, people need to go by the law. I mean, we can't talk on our cell phones. We can't do a lot of things behind the wheel, you know, especially in California. And that guy thinks it's okay to you know go to sleep and just take a nap on his way to work. So. That's that's not okay. And and. You know, people are blaming Tesla for this a little bit just because of of the name that they chose to give their system, uh, Autopilot. And, you know, there's a a study, a new survey from the IIHS, the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety, found that people are confused by what the self-driving technology can do and can't do. Um, You know, all these different names, um, you've got Super Cruise and Autopilot and all these different things that they give you a false sense of security that the car can do a lot of things that it can't um, and in the event you know where everything when everything's working fine great but if something were to happen if somebody cut you off if, if there were things that didn't go according to plan um, you'd be in trouble with one of those systems so that's in the news we also have a, an article an opinion an editorial by market watch that i am glad george is here to run this by that claims the the headline is road the road to riches is simple Drive a crappy car. <laughs> so we'll let George refute that later in the show. But I wanted to start with speaking of laws and not understanding or not obeying fully. Uh, a story that went national here in Utah a little, about 10, 12 days ago. Uh, and I wanted to bring that up. Uh, our poll question, by the way, call us 855 340 Zone, 855 340 Zone. Uh, 855-340-9663. Our poll question is uh, is simple today, and everyone that calls in is entered to our drawing for the movie passes at the yeah, end of the show. Yeah, do a four-pack of movie passes. Uh, the, uh, the question is, what one law do you wish your fellow drivers would be more aware of or adhere to better mm. here on Utah's roadways? Good one. What one law do you think everyone needs to be a little more educated on? 855 855- 340 zone. And the reason we bring that up is this story that took place, I believe, is in Utah County. If not, uh, if not, yeah, is on University Avenue in Utah County. Uh, I forget the date, but it was about a week and a half ago. And a Pizza Hut delivery man is at the stoplight. And Colin Hansen, I think, is the driver's name of the motorcycle. He's wearing a GoPro camera, which I think. Is a wonderful idea, by the way, especially for motorcyclists, motorcyclists to have on their helmet a camera going, because a lot of times you're not seen, or you're in a situation where you might get blamed because you're on a motorcycle. You need to have some evidence to protect yourself. Yeah, so right, I, I think, think this a is a great idea. idea. But he is seen in the in the from his driver's viewpoint, what he claimed was lane filtering, the new law where he's going in between cars at a stoplight to get up to the front, and the the essence behind the law is so that the motorcycle is able to be seen better at that stoplight, has a head start, is not stuck behind someone's uh, exhaust at that light, yeah, and, no, it, and to be just it, more safe. It makes sense in theory, and, I, and I've had it happen to me a couple times recently, and it, I'll be honest, it's a little scary at first when it happens, or you don't see him coming, and it's, oh, he's right here, you know. But um, people do need to start paying attention because that is the, the law. And so this driver of the, vehicle, of the sedan, the Pizza Hut driver, opens his door to stop the motorcyclist from filtering. And uh, they have a bit of a, uh, an exchange. The driver of the car says, you're supposed to be in the lane. Motorcyclist says, the new law says I can filter. 
what and the driver doesn't believe him when was that law you know thinks he's pulling his leg a couple months ago anyway yeah i hadn't i hadn't heard about it until you mentioned it before we started the show but i'm just looking at the video right now and they were at a stop it looks like when when he was pulling up so when he got to that car when he got to that car yeah there was uh, some other cars before that were still rolling but ksl's ashley kewish spoke with nicholas street sergeant nicholas street of the uh utah highway patrol and he pointed out the highway patrol pointed out that both drivers were actually not doing the right exact thing here obviously it's even if the motorcyclist was doing it incorrectly the sedan opening their door can create uh, bodily harm to everyone around can create uh, cause death that is the most dangerous thing to do yeah if you don't agree with what a motorist is doing on the road let them get away from you. Yeah. Don't that's, don't stop them. You're not a vigilante. You're not exactly. Batman. Yeah, you're not trying to uh, make all the ills wrong, you know, <laughs> wrong right. for the, but the they pointed out the motorcyclist was also not adhering to the exact law because in order to lane filter, it's got to be under 45 miles an hour the street the the speed limit, but every car has to be at a complete stop before you begin filtering right. to the front. So they were both wrong. They were both wrong. But you know what happens when two people have a little bit of a heated discussion and they, they both think they're right? It's, sure. it's either, you know, one of them is wrong, and at the moment neither of the person knows which of the other is wrong, so they both think they're right and they're going to go after it even hard, harder. Um, neither of them is wrong, and they're arguing about something that, you know, right or wrong can be subjective, which it seems like this case was pretty close to that. Yeah. Um, or they're both wrong. <laughs> which, and, they, yeah. There's the I think there's both they're both wrong to a degree and how they handled it it could have got worse it could have been worse it, it could have there was no physical exchange there was no swearing nothing yeah it, it, there was no Utah. threats it, yeah yeah so it, it could have been a lot worse but the the overall lesson to take away is I'm not sure we're exactly fully educated yet on this new law so we should probably bring it back and talk about it yeah I don't think a lot of people have heard about it uh, and so we want to talk about lane filtering but that is. The uh, the new uh, excuse me the new law is lane filtering. Now it's not lane splitting like you do in California. There's differences, and I wanted to just define it here, but also remind you of our poll question eight five five three four zero zone. What one law do you wish your fellow uh, drivers here in Utah would adhere to better or be more aware of? And before we give you the definition of the lane filtering law, let's go out to our first phone call eight five five three four zero zone Dale. Is uh, oh, let me uh, fix this here for a second, Dale. For some reason, my call producer screen never is set up correctly in this room after midnight. It resets. All right, there we go. <clears throat> Dale, are you with us? I am with you. Good morning. Good, Good morning, morning Dale. Thanks for calling in. What is your What are your thoughts? Here's my thought, and this is a true story. The law needs to be drunk driving. Almost 20 years ago, I was driving in a beautiful Subaru Outback. Sorry for the shameless plug there. <laughs> Down a rural, or a, 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 inside the city street in Orem, Utah. 25 miles an hour, which was the speed limit. When I was hit head-on by a drunk driver going about 40 miles an hour. You add those two together, and I lost. Yeah, Crushed the car. I was in the hospital for a couple of months. I now walk with a metal leg and four plates in my arm. And an arm that doesn't work well. 
So drug driving law and seat belts and the car actually saved my life that mm. day. Thank goodness so. for the seatbelt. I terrible that you've gone through that yeah. as someone wow. else's choice too. It's it's that that's maybe the worst part for me when when you're talking about drunk driving is someone has taken <clears throat> everyone else's lives into their hands with their bad choice. Yeah. You didn't do anything and yet you took the brunt of that person's bad choice. So thank you for the call. Yeah, thank you for sharing And thank you for the suggestion because I'm with you. More education, especially with our youth, Mm -hmm. needs to be – you can't be educated enough, I don't think, about the dangers of – he used drunk driving, using your cell phone. Yeah, that can be just as bad. Texting driving. Yeah, depending on how much you drink compared to how much you're on your cell phone. Yeah, don't don't drink and drive. Nope. Putting so so much at risk for other people, not there's, just for yourself. There's literally no reason anymore. No, there never was a good reason. Now there's literally no bad reason to ever <laughs> drunk drive drive drunk. Rather, because you've got Uber, you've got Lyft, you've got friends, you've got designated driver programs for free. You just call every bar you're at. Yeah, ask well, them. Yeah, they will call up the designated driver program that they use, and you'll have a ride home. There's no reason anymore. No. So thank you, Dale. I appreciate that. Let's uh, let's talk about lane filtering and the definition of it. Lane filtering means when operating a motorcycle other than an auto cycle. What's an auto cycle? I've never heard of an auto cycle. Is that like a scooter? What is an auto cycle? Could they be talking about an electric bike? Oh Maybe. no, it's like a it's like a three wheeler. Um, that's it's you know those so those can am yeah those can type things okay or, uh-huh. the yeah. prowler I think is what it called no prowler is a vehicle yeah where they have two up front and then one in the rear so a, uh, a, a tricycle <laughs> but they called it an auto cycle auto cycle sounds so sounds cool. like something from Tron <laughs> uh, so lane filtering means when operating a motorcycle other than an auto cycle the act of overtaking and passing another vehicle that is stopped in the same direction of travel in the same lane. So that's the the basic definition. You're both going the same way. They're stopped. You're in a motorcycle. You then are able to lane filter. But it only applies on certain roads, right? It's not everywhere. It does. Uh, It's the process of the motorcyclist moving between two lanes to the front of traffic stopped at an intersection. It became law on May 14th. It has to be on a road that the speed limit is 45 miles or less. 45 miles per hour or less, which they mentioned never on freeways, which that which, Yeah, that so that'll sense. take everything other than, you know, Bangor and a couple other Says highways, the but. the road must have two or more adjacent traffic lanes in the same direction of travel. Which makes sense. You can't do it on a single lane. Right. Motorcycles can only lane filter between stopped vehicles, and the motorcycle speed cannot exceed 15 miles per hour when filtering. Yeah, and that's where the other drive, where, where the motorcycle driver in the video was a, was wrong because he was lane filtering in between vehicles that weren't stopped as well as who knows what his speed was when. Because mm-hmm. 15 miles an hour, that's not a lot. No, that's, that's it's pretty slow. Pretty much idling forward. Yeah. I don't, so speed limit 45 miles or less. Road has two or more adjacent traffic lanes in the same direction. All the rest of traffic is stopped, and you don't go 15 miles per hour. Over 50 miles per hour, if you've done all those things, you're making the lane filtering move safely, according to the Utah Highway Patrol. So that it's pretty simple. Once you take a moment, read it, learn it, now hopefully someone out, if you're listening and you see this happen, yeah. you'll understand what's going on. And I, I do think that our the motorcycle is kind of dying off because of safety. 
we've had callers into the show before who love their motorcycles and love driving their motorcycles, but have given it up yeah. because they've almost died so many we, times because they're hard to see. We somebody that's had a really scary accident or has had mm-hmm. you know almost a life-threatening accident on a motorcycle. And I've ridden motorcycles myself. I don't ride them now because of what you're saying. And yeah. it, it's sad because they're fun. They especially are fun. Especially if you're out in the... They're, they're great if you're out in the country alone enjoying yeah. a nice ride. But you should also be able to use it as transportation. But they, it's hard to see a motorcyclist even when you're paying attention. The other day, well, about a month ago, I was, I was 9 and 3 on the wheel, both eyes on the road, doing the speed limit, and a motorcyclist was next to me, hmm. and I didn't see them. Yeah, They were doing everything right. I was doing everything right. Hmm. Didn't see them. It wasn't like they were even in my blind spot. I just could just- not see them yeah because they were just not in my direct and so we i luckily i didn't change lanes or anything but when we suddenly when i did notice they were really there i was like, like oh my gosh yeah i could have really hurt somebody if i wasn't paying so attention. it's dangerous mm-hmm. it's a dangerous way to get about so this helps get them ahead of traffic away from and also they don't have to suck your exhaust sitting at a light it's a good it's a good law we just all need to be aware of it and accept it yeah because i think they were saying before the the law um I think last, I don't know if it was last year or the last decade, but they had, I think it was last decade, they had 3,000 motorcyclists get rear-ended at um, intersections because, again, you don't see them. Um, they're, and if you're not paying attention, you're just going to run right into them. So that's, the, that's what went viral was this video of uh, the lane filtering confrontation. So hopefully that helps people understand a little bit more what the law is about. Yeah. I, I know it helped me. Because I wasn't exactly When you're sure. sitting at an intersection, don't just play on your phone or daydream. You know, check your mirrors. See what's around you. Pay attention. You know, you're hmm. operating a motor vehicle. Uh, I have someone who I know dearly and may be married to for life <laughs> and all eternity who feels that when you're stopped, that's the time to check your Pokemon. Yeah, no. Well, I'm not oh. driving. I'm not moving. <laughs> B- the car's on. Yeah. You're in traffic. There's still stuff going on around you're you. You're still driving a vehicle. Yeah. So, uh, and uh, I'm, it, I'm it kind leave. of teasing her. She doesn't do it <laughs> that egregiously. But uh, you're right. People will check their phones. Mm-hmm. They'll change the, the radio station. Don't change the station. Leave it on 1280 or 97.5. Yeah, what's wrong? Come no on. need to change it. <laughs> you just got us there all, 24-7. That's all you need right there. 855-340-ZONE. What one law do you wish everyone else around you knew better or adhered to more closely? 855-340-ZONE. Did you see the driverless shuttle debut at Station Park in Farmington? I was it ready. Uh, so uh, this is from, uh, again, KSL.com. A uh, driverless shuttle debuted at Station Park, the first of its kind in Utah. The shuttle is part of a year-long pilot project launched by UDOT in collaboration with the UTA. The driverless vehicle made its first public test run back in February after a bill legalizing autonomous vehicle testing on Utah roads cleared the House and Senate. The shuttle is being leased to the Utah Department of Transportation from Easy Mile, a French manufacturing startup that recently celebrated its five-year anniversary, blah, 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 blah. While fully autonomous, federal regulations require that an operator accompanies the vehicle at all times. Colin Tim, deployment engineer with Easy Mile, was the operator on shift during last Monday's inaugural ride. Uh, he, uh, let's see, he, he told Julie Willoughby and her children how the driverless shuttle worked as they took a ride. Station Park is second on the project's five-stop itinerary that began in Park City and serviced the American Association of State Highway and Transportation Officials. 
By the way, I'm so grateful I don't belong <laughs> that my job does not entail something with, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight names in the title of what mm-hmm. I do for work. We the can American, make that happen for you. <laughs> the, the American Association of State Highway and Transportation of Officials. That's fantastic. Uh, it moved to Station Park last week, though, and is operational from 12 to 6 now until July 6th, so 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. So where's it going to go between? So what it does, uh, it says some ride it to get food on their lunch break. Others there are there to just test ride it. Uh, and it doesn't say exactly so do, I, I where it goes. I wonder if you tell it where to go or if it just goes like on a loop and what, you get off of stops. What I think it is. So if you have you been to Station Park no. in Farmington? No. So it's you know where Lagoon is? Yeah. It's just west of the freeway across from Lagoon where the jail used to be completely alone out there. Now they've got this mall, and there's a movie theater, there's a grocery store, there's a couple banks, there's all these, uh, and then it's like an outdoor walking mall. So it's just going to go And it's a circle. So I think this thing just circles the mall all day from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. So you hop on, you hop off kind of deal. I got you. It's like a trolley. Yeah. But it's autonomous. Okay. And I I think it has its own lane it's in. They say... It has no steering wheel uh-huh, or right. pedals, right? <laughs> and it's completely autonomous. But they're making somebody be in it mm-hmm. just in case something happens. They can't do anything about it. There is no steering wheel. There is no steering there wheel. There is so no that, stop there's, there's mechanism. Like a, yeah, there's going to be an off button probably and just emergency button that you can press. to. And it's going to go like 15 miles an hour, so it's going to be pretty slow. Yeah, it, 15 miles an hour, it's faster than you can walk. Yeah, I mean, you're but walking I don't know if like it's four worth miles an hour, but get some exercise. Unless it's like 108 degrees, I think you can walk from your place at Station Park to the food court and back. But, you know, this is, I guess, the way of the future, and they're right. trying to start it now with a, a launch, a pilot program here. It, it would be interesting to try it. To get on and see what it entails and how it goes. You know what this reminds me of? You what? know, remember that movie Wally? Yes. They had those like shuttles that yes. like would just <laughs> carry people around. The gluttonous. Yeah. 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 Getting on with your food and drink and make sure you don't use those knees. <laughs> you don't wanna you don't wanna risk. Don't wanna injury. wear it out. <laughs> oh man. Uh so I I'd like to get on and try it. It also reminds me of uh Disneyland. What was oh the people mover. The people mover, yeah. That ride was. <laughs> when I don't know why I liked it so much as a kid, but that was my favorite ride, and it was just these little golf carts, yeah, that went around, around above everything. Yeah. yeah, you got to look down inside the Space Mountain or whatever. So anyway, there you go. Driverless shuttle debuted at Station Park Farmington every day from twelve to six p.m. You can go check it out if you'd like. Eight five five three four zero zone. If you want to be part of the show, it's eight five five three four zero zone. What one law would you like the fellow Utah driver next to you to know better or adhere to more closely? William is on line one. Good morning, William. Good morning. How you doing? We're fine. And yourself? I am fantastic. What are you calling about, buddy? I would love to see people actually stop at red lights. I'm tired of seeing one, two, three cars going through after the light's red. You're seeing people go through solid red lights? I've seen that, yeah. Really? I know what he's talking All about. All the time. Yeah. Are, so, you, are you talking like, what, especially when they're turning left or? 
are turning left or they've tired of waiting, and so it'll turn red, but they'll still go because they're tired of waiting. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, I've seen that. I actually think, because I've noticed that a lot more in Utah than in other places. It's like, it's a cultural thing here. People just do not care. They're like, it's my turn to go, and I'm going no matter what. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> yeah, I know Man, what he's talking absolutely. about. I've seen it. Because I see, I see people who it's turning yellow, and so they speed up, and maybe as they're going through, it turns red. Yeah. Which is not what you're supposed to do oh, when it turns yellow. Like full on three seconds. I after think we're it's... all guilty at some point of doing that once or twice. Yeah. But you're not supposed, when it turns yellow, you're supposed to, if you can, slow down and stop. No, I've actually. But you're made... talking about straight, solid, red it's been yeah. red you're sitting there and I've then actually you made decide a change in my driving to where when it's if i'm the first car at the light and it turns green i kind of look around and wait to see who's coming because i've seen people just blow through lights a couple seconds later interesting yeah. uh, the, of the cross track yeah, wow. i've seen cars i've gone through a light it's turned red right as i go under it and three cars behind me still go through it yeah and you're like really <laughs> man yeah. Uh, wow. Well, if that's happening as much as you say it is, that is incredibly dangerous. I'm glad you called in and told us. Thanks, William. Thanks for calling in. Because uh, I also see, I see this all the time, where you're waiting to turn left, and there's a gazillion cars coming at you on the uh, the opposite lane of traffic, mm-hmm. and it's turning yellow, and they all, instead of stopping, to then let you make your sit, you're like out in the intersection now. Yeah. Instead of stopping to let you make the safe turn before the other light turns green, yeah, they all just speed on through. Well, that's what he's talking about. And there's, then when you make your left hand turn, cars that they're going through a red light, yeah. So it's causing you also to now be you're in going the through a red light. Now you're going through a red light. You're stopping the other cross traffic that's mm-hmm. coming. It's just yeah, it's a problem. I wish that's one of the ones I would put in my top two, especially in highly congested areas. Yeah. Which, by the way, did you, so Spain, Madrid, Spain is going through this whole. Uh, election year for the, I think, is, is it the mayor of Madrid, Spain is what they're uh, going through right now. Uh, and the they've been one of the strictest car bans in all of Europe for several years now in Madrid, Spain. Uh, where did this story go? This is from citylab.com. Asks, is this, is this the end of the road for Madrid's car ban? Speaking of highly congested areas, mm-hmm. Madrid is just slam packed yeah with cars and yeah. so they made a change no, no personal car ban well part of the run uh in this political uh, campaign is a couple of these candidates are saying we're going to lift the car ban hmm. and one of them who is the assumed winner who's the favorite to win the election says that the the reason they'd like to lift the car ban is part of madrid's identity is high congested traffic. Really? Huh? That's not a good... Something you're proud of? Yeah. Something you like? Yeah. Something you want more of? It's not Madrid unless we're all ornery and stuck in traffic with each other. It's like L.A., you know, it's part of its uh, (laughs) character. Well, without traffic, we're not L.A. Yeah. But, wow. No, no, you'd be happier. That's that's ridiculous. So, especially in these highly congested areas where... Let's get more smog, more... Right. uh, Yeah. uh, But if it's it's all jam-packed and you're seeing that light and you think, I don't want to stop here and wait 10 more minutes, then you're blowing through a red light, and then that car turning left is now blowing through a red light with cars coming at it on a green light. So, good point, William. Thanks for calling in. 855-340-ZONE, if you want to be part of the show. William and Dale are both entered to the drawing now for the movie passes at the end of the show. Coming up in segment number two, uh, we're going to talk about uh, what is happening at... uh, Oh, I just lost the the website where they say that opinion cars 
or, or the the road to riches is simple as driving a crappy car. This is an editorial from Market Watch. George Rosk is here, general I'm sales manager of the Midtown Store. He'll refute uh, that uh, that study next, not study, but opinion next. And also, could the truck overtake the crossover? as the most family-friendly vehicle on the road? One company thinks so. We'll talk about that and more next on Utah Car Sense. Second day of summer, I guess. Yeah. Though yesterday like didn't it. feel like summer. Yeah, today doesn't really either, but I kind of like it. It's my kind of summer is yeah, what it is. Yeah. The San Diego nice and summer. Cool <laughs> and rainy and everything's so green. Yeah, let's keep it in the 60s. That's my <laughs> my dream. Doesn't look like it's going to last long, but let's enjoy it while we have it. Yeah. Now now tonight at the Bees game, uh going out to the Bees game tonight with the family. Yeah, really excited. Nice, Good nice way time. to launch summer by the way. Check out the the Bees at Smith's Ballpark. Uh especially that Matt Thice guy. Whew, he can hit the crap out of the ball. Mm-hmm. But Let's keep it up around 70 during the Bees game. <laughs> While I'm out yeah, there, I don't want to have a jacket. Put a sweater on right, yeah. and blanket and, yeah, yep. and no keep, rain. Keep the R-A-I-N away. Don't yeah. say it. Oh, I'm sorry. My They'll hear you. Yeah. They'll think you're calling them to come <laughs> rain on us. We don't want that. No. So, uh, anyway, happy summer to you. Excited to have another summer of Utah Car Sense here on, Zone Sport, on the Zone Sports Network. All right, let's talk about this Market Watch editorial. MarketWatch.com. Now... They, this whoever wrote this uh, tries to use a little bit of humor. Uh, Jared Dillion is is the analyst. He's a financial analyst for Market Watch, and he's got an editorial here that the road to riches is to drive a crappy car. He says buying a new car is like taking forty thousand dollars and setting it on fire. He says I was uh, unhappily scrolling through Facebook the other day. And saw that the star of the Toronto Raptors, Kawhi Leonard, despite making nearly $100 million, still drives a 20-year-old beat-up SUV. He said of the car, it runs and it's paid off. The second part of that statement is crucial. Nothing better than a paid-off car. No monthly payment, and most of the depreciation has already occurred. You are driving for free. Okay, keep that keep that in mind. We'll come back to that. Yeah, we're already starting off on the wrong <laughs> foot, but let's keep going. He goes back, uh, he then continues on and says, unless you're driving a Ferrari, a car is not an investment. It's basically a huge waste of money. He says uh, people get too, their egos get involved that you have to have a Benz or a Beamer. Puke. I drive a Toyota. They never break down, and they last forever. They're a great car to own that is paid for, he says. And then he wraps it up by uh, by saying, The takeaway is your financial well-being is not the product of a million small decisions, but two or three big decisions. A car or house can bankrupt you, or you may get to watch helplessly as it gets towed out of your driveway. And don't get me started uh, on... Oh, I just lost that. But he says that he's had conversations with car salesmen, and they all say the same thing. I can get you into that car. Pretty creative. Financially speaking, they will find some way to make the sale, even if it puts you in a perilous financial position. You should have, and then here's this final kicker. You should have $1 million in the bank before you buy a new car. According to uh, Jared Dillion of MarketWatch.com. So let's start with the first part he's talked about. Driving a a 20-year-old car is that's paid off is driving for free. 
True or false? So, false. But <laughs> before we dive into that okay, one, all right. I want to agree with him so much. Do you? I do. Because I'm a conservative person in my finances, mm-hmm. and um, I, I think it is very wise to look at these things and to you know not just look at the monthly payment, but the overall costs and things like that. But there is so much wrong with this article that it's <laughs> making my head hurt. So where do you want to from, start? From the part where he says that... It, where do, what do you say about the Ferrari? Oh, he said unless you drive a Ferrari, a car is not an investment. A Ferrari is not an investment. <laughs> a Ferrari is going to depreciate more than anything else out there. But there's just so much wrong here that while his intention is good, his um, outlook and I think lack of experience in the automotive industry definitely shines through on the on the article. Um, yeah, if, if if you don't have, you know, good income or, or, you know, a stable job and things like that, yeah, you should probably drive a beater car that's paid off and not, you know, go buy a brand new Jeep that's $40,000 or even a Subaru that's $40,000. Um, but, you know, it's it's not a as much as I hate to say this, is not a car salesman's responsibility to make the best financial situation, uh, the best financial decision for you. You're responsible for your own financial situation. And um, working with a good dealer is important. And, you know, going about it the right way is important. But, um, you know, buying the right car and buying a car the right way, whether it's leasing or or purchasing for the long run. Um, There's so many different situations out there and there's so many different things that could be right for you that you can't make a blanket statement like that. Um, Now, to go back to to the first statement you you said where driving a car that's 135,000 miles that's paid off is free, not free. You're going to have a lot of maintenance with that car. You're going to have the potential of, you know, missing work or missing appointments when breakdowns happen. Um, there's safety issues where, sorry, but cars that were made 10, 15 years ago aren't as safe as the cars that are being made today. And there's a price to be put on your own safety, I think, um, where that's not free either. Um, so there's there's a lot of things. I'm not going to go off too much on it. But Yeah. Uh, I, I, the, the idea of the, a paid-off car is driving for free is silly. It's yeah, you may silly. not have a monthly payment to a bank for the loan or to a, a car company for the lease, but you have monthly payments of upkeep and maintenance. Yeah. Our, uh, so we've, we lease uh, one car and we uh, the Subaru from, uh, from Subaru, uh, the, the Crosstrek. And then we had another car that we got via loan uh, years ago. And it's at 99,387 miles when I parked it out here today. Yeah. So just shy of that 100,000 mile mark. And I bought it used. And I bought it unknowingly with a branded title because it didn't show up. We talked about this before. Uh, it didn't show up for a year yeah. after I bought it. It hadn't shown up on the report. It was because of hail damage, not engine damage, hail damage. It's cosmetic. But uh, I'm now wondering, okay, I've been paying uh, the X amount a month. I still owe money on the loan, I think, for another year or two uh, on the car uh, before it's paid, quote, unquote, paid off. But now I'm at 100,000 miles. That's usually when things start to change yeah. in cars. When you start to have higher maintenance costs, when you start to have things wear and tear just happens. Well, I have a lease that I have on my Outback, and then I have a 
paid off car that I own that has 83,000 miles that I'm about to go spend $2,500 on. Really? And do not a major repair, but a couple things on the suspension. I need, it needs a starter. It, uh, you know, needs some plugs. Basic maintenance on a car with 80,000 miles mm-hmm. that's going to cost me $2,500. That's a $200 payment for the year, right? So You're that's. Right. Not really free. No, it is not. Um, but I like the car. I want to keep it. I want to keep it running in good shape. So I'm going to go spend the money on it. But again, it's not free. Next year, I'm probably going to have to spend another thousand or two. Who knows? Mm-hmm. And there's a lot bigger repairs out there that are going to be, you know, a lot more expensive than that. So, so uh, driving it for free—that's false. We talked about a car being an investment, and it's only an investment if it's a Ferrari. It's not an investment. That's, it's, that's false too. Investments go up in value. Yes. Cars depreciate. <laughs> Correct. Uh, and then, but where he did say one thing in this article that I completely agree with. Uh, he said the takeaway here is that your financial well-being is not the product of a million small decisions, but two or three big decisions. Yeah. No, that's why I want to agree with him. He comes at it from a good place. You know, he says, uh, don't buy $10 juices every day and don't go out to eat three times a week and don't stay in three to $400 hotels when you travel. Those are all great pieces of advice. And you probably shouldn't lease a brand new BMW if you make $30,000 a year, nor would you probably get qualified for it. But Oh, there's probably a slime ball out <laughs> somebody there. Somebody out there is going to go, I could get you into that. Yep. And then somebody out there is going to go, yeah, I could do that payment. And you see it every day. And then the final thing, a million dollars before you buy, and he, he specifically says before you buy a new Beamer or Benz, a million dollars. Where Obviously, we're going to disagree with that. But how much money would you suggest people having uh, before they go in, go ahead with the, the financial start to a new vehicle? You know, that's a... A percentage of the price or what? That's a tough question to answer because it's different for everybody. Mm -hmm. Some people put a lot more priority on their cars than others, right? And so I'm a believer that you should spend money on things that make you happy. Um, And if having a nicer car and driving that Beamer is going to make you happy, even if you don't make a million dollars a year, then go out and get one. If you can afford it and you're not putting everything else at risk and, you know, you can still invest in your children's education and save for college and all that, then great, go buy a Beamer. But it's, I would say, look at your priorities first before looking at the budget for your car. Then have it based on that. Uh, Yeah, I agree. And I like what you said, how it's not the salesperson's responsibility to make a good financial decision for you. It's yours. But one thing I really appreciated... Uh, with my experience at Mark Miller Subaru, is I was not expected to educate myself on what options I had. Yeah, no, I was it, given all the information, all the options. Yeah, it is the responsibility of a good salesperson to educate you on that. It's your um, decision. It's your decision. And when we always say, hey, we're not going to make this decision for you. But if it were me, this is what I would do. Um, here's the other things you can do. Um, and then let you think about right. it and, and make that decision for you. Now, not all dealerships are like that. And then and there's a lot of places that will not educate you at all and will only look to make that sale and you know figure out the, the, the biggest profit they can make on you as well. So um, do your research. Um, l- look at your priorities. And um, at that point, you can set a budget. You can, you know, said, hey, I want to spend 10% of my income on, on cars or 15 or 20, you know, but mm-hmm. that's, that's your decision. So there you go. Uh, I thought it would be fun to refute that, and it was. So <laughs> thanks. Yeah. Uh, also, Ford is claiming they have the solution. The next family-friendly vehicle is coming from Ford. And it's a truck. It's a new station wagon. Oh. No, it is. <laughs> they say the kid. They call, they're calling it 
the kid-friendly Ford Ranger. Ooh, I've got to see this. All right, this is uh, this is from the Detroit Free Press. Uh, kid-friendly Ford Ranger selling as a family car with a new safety feature. So they talk about this family. Uh, let's see, the Kashkarian family. Uh, he's, the dad says, I was pulling into the parking lot at Lowe's and all of a sudden got an alert on the dash. It happened to be my seven-year-old son, Dylan, unbuckling his seatbelt. I had to tell him, hey, we're still moving. Put it back on. You don't know if your kids are messing around unless you hear that click from the seatbelt usually. Until now. The, sa- the new safety feature in the Ford Ranger is a, uh, a special notification system on the dashboard that lets the driver see, A, how many backseat passengers are buckled up, B, when they're unbuckled, and specifically C, in which seat. That is a really nice feature. That is kid-friendly. Yeah. That is helpful yeah. for a family with kids uh, or passengers in the back seat. That is good technology at work right there. They say at Ford that they're being asked constantly, how many car seats will fit in the back of your pickups, which they haven't been asked in the past. So, and then, of course, the idea of they share one, uh, one uh, a wife complaining all the time that her husband took her crossover hunting or her Jeep hunting <laughs> put, and put left a deer in the back a and- deer and, and nasty, wet, gross things. And so a truck was needed, but they also wanted a family-friendly yeah. truck. What are your idea? What is your uh, response to Ford marketing a pickup truck as the next family-friendly vehicle on the road? My first thought is um, it's great technology, and I'd like to see that um, you know continue throughout Ford's uh, lineup as well as other you know automakers implementing that technology because it it is great to know, and it'll help serve as a reminder if you have you know a child in the back, and um, that's something we've talked about before on the show, especially with summer coming up. Um, check to see if you leave your kids or pets or anything in the back, and occupancy sensors and uh, these type of seatbelt sensors and things like that are going to help tremendously alleviate those those type of situations from happening. But my other thought is trucks are getting really expensive. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason you're seeing uh, manufacturers put all these family-friendly features and making it about making the truck be a family vehicle is because before you used to have a family vehicle, and then you'd have your hunting truck or your work truck or your garden truck or something that you paid five, ten thousand dollars for and you you know used on the weekends or when you needed it. Now trucks are so expensive, you can't afford a, a second truck. Um, even used trucks with 100,000 miles are still going over twenty, you know, $30,000 mm-hmm. in some cases. And so I think you're seeing the need for a truck, but uh, people wanting to also just not have that second vehicle. And so it's it's interesting. Now, the difference there is the Ford Ranger, I think, is in the mid to high 20,000s. Brand yeah, it's, new. A, it's a new uh, Ranger that they came out with. It's pretty cool. And they've designed it to look like a full-size truck. But the engine is anything but. It is a 2.4 cylinder, two cylinder, what is it? Uh, 2.3 L4 cylinder is what they say here. Yeah. Uh, 270 horsepower. So this is not your oh, it's F-150. No slouch. Yeah, it's but uh, it's it's also not you're not it's not a, a Geo Metro. Like you're getting you're getting what you pay for yeah. with a twenty five thousand right. dollar truck. You're not going to be towing ten thousand pounds nope. or you know hauling a big trailer or anything like that. But um, if you just need a pickup for you know Home Depot or do a little hunting trip with your buddies on the weekend, then something like this would be perfect. So I, c- I can see where a truck family 
wants a family vehicle, but they don't want to lose the bed of a truck, that this might fit yeah. into their needs and wants. Yeah. And I mean, you've, you've always seen the Tacoma be a, a top seller there. Um, yes. Now Ford's back with their the Ranger, uh, Jeeps entering this uh, market with their Gladiator. Um, so yeah, you're, you're seeing the need for that, that little bed. I wish Subaru would do something and bring the Baja back. <laughs> you love that Baja. Oh, I love the Baja. It's you awesome. miss the Baja. You're weird. <laughs> Bajas are not good looking. Oh, they're great. No, they're not. I know there's so many people out there that disagree with me Let's on that. Let's get the Baja fans on the line. <laughs> uh, New York Times. The failed New York Times, by the way. Failing New York yeah, Times. Fa- sorry, excuse Lying, me. failing. Failing yes. fake news New York Times. Yes. They, uh, they have an article here written by uh, Ivan Penn. Who spent eight? Out, who spent a trip in a fully electric vehicle from Las Vegas to L.A. I'm sorry, L.A. to Vegas and then back by electric car. Okay, and he wrote the pros and cons that he experienced in that trip. Now it's a 500. Was that 570 mile trip uh, from L.A. to Vegas and back? Yeah, so not that long of a drive. But right. People make this trip all the time. Oh yeah, constantly. Yeah, and so that's why they chose this trip. And he went. Uh, along with uh, some people from the company, oh gosh, what's the name of the company? That uh, it was a Chevy Bolt, by the way. But anyway, they went. He went with this company, EVGo, that is currently trying to build fast charging stations across the country. Mm-hmm. So they went along with him, and he shared his experiences. He said that it took them thirteen hours. Eight were driving. A lot of charging. The other five hours was charging the vehicle. Yeah, five hours. That's a long time. This is. I love George. The idea of fully electric vehicles. I do too. I love how they'll be clean. They'll be efficient. Uh, but they're not there yet. They might be clean now, but in my opinion, they're nowhere near what the type of efficiency I'm going to need before I start buying an electric vehicle. Well, they're clean depending on true uh, where you charge it from. Yes. So. Right. Maybe what P- they put into the clean. air is clean. Yeah, because yeah. they don't put anything into. They don't the put air. anything in the air locally, but something's still being put into the air to charge your car. That's right. So especially here. Yeah, in this state. <laughs> especially in this state. Yeah, yeah. So it's a good point. Let, let's go back to the, the the second part where it's the the time um, you know investment because it's it's a long time to sit around in the desert where there's nothing to do. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> look at cactus grow and uh, lizards uh, crossing the road. <laughs> you ever been broken down in the in the desert? No, I haven't. Luckily. You are a lucky, yeah. lucky and soul. And I've done that drive so many times, and it is so terrible, and there's nothing to do there. <laughs> uh, the other problem I have with, like, take, for example, the Chevy Bolt that they're working on, the fully electric from GM. It costs $37,500. Yeah, that's not cheap for a small car. And it goes 240 miles on a full charge. Yeah. $38,000 before tax breaks after, but it, what, thir- let's say it's $30,000 to go 240 miles a, 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 in range. That's not worth it to me. Not yet. Not, not give yet. Give me 500 and, miles and, and I'll give you a call. Yeah, 500 miles. And even then you need fast charging because mm-hmm. I, I road trip a lot. I drive probably two to three times a year. We'll go on a road trip of 700 plus miles. Wow. And I do that in one day. And wow, yeah. How do you stand that? It's fun. I like it. I can't but. drive from here to Provo without <laughs> pulling over for lunch. What are you talking about? But th- that would, you know, we usually let's like, let's say I go to Portland, right? We'll usually stop in Boise for lunch. That's thirty minutes to an hour. 
that's not enough time for me to top off my my electric car to then make it from Boise to Portland, where I you know usually stop next to to refuel, mm-hmm. um, and it, it would it would complicate things. It would make it to where I couldn't do what I want to do with that car. Yeah, um, and I think that's where you're seeing the consumer demand on EVs still be in that low um, you know single digit percentage um, because most people are like me and you we want to be able to take our cars wherever we want and and go stop at a gas station and uh, five minutes later be able to drive another 400 miles and so I think you need to see whether it's hydrogen technology or you know we've talked about all sorts of different battery technologies in the past from flow batteries to solid state batteries things that will be coming down the road that will make you know that, that will help improve the range and and the the charge times it's also going to make these cars even more expensive yeah for sure so uh but at least they'll do what i want them to do yeah so i might be willing to pay more for more performance yeah i think that's what manufacturers and i mean all these pundits that say oh, electric cars and self-driving cars and things like that are coming yeah they're coming but they're so far away because mm-hmm. we have such a deep cultural um tie-in with our cars and being able to go like i said five minutes at a gas station put some fuel in your car and you're on your way that's huge to people. I mean, people don't realize even how, if they don't know it. Yeah, even if they don't know it, like how big of a change that's going to be in people's lives. And we all know how well we do with change. Yes, we, we're all great at change. <laughs> Wonderful. We we handle it extremely well. Uh, it's. I think that's why for a long time now, I think we're still going to be perfecting the hybrid. And we're getting closer to, I think, perfecting hybrid technology. Things like plug-in hybrids, Mm -hmm. where you can go electric only in your city driving and not, you know, uh, pollute with the smog and everything, but then still be able to top off your fuel tank and drive that uh, 700-mile road trip when you want to. Have you been in that cross trek that Jeff has? That is, he took me down there a couple weeks ago and uh, just drove me around the block. I want one. My mind exploded. I know, I know. That is such a cool car and it drives so nice where yes i don't really like the way most hybrids drive the regenerative braking is super aggressive or the herky jerky ride yeah yeah the brakes are super touchy there's that initial lag or you know sudden acceleration where it's just they haven't quite it doesn't drive like a normal car does especially when it switches from electric to gas you yeah there's like a jolt yeah but not in you this don't car. Feel it in this one, yeah. and that there's a little bit of a of a whine on the regenerative braking, and it does slow you down a little bit, but nowhere close to where you know, like the Prius or yeah. the the Leaf is really bad at that. And that's why I say I think we're getting close to what we could call or deem perfection with the hybrid uh, technology, and I think that's what we're going to see for the next 15, 20 years is everyone's going to be switching over to that. I, I really think that. I think everybody in 20 years, I think you're going to it's going to be rare to find someone buying or interested in only combustible engines. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you'll see that uh, that transition take over, you know. It, it's going to take time. But I really want to see things develop with hydrogen technology because I think it's the closest we'll get to being able to you go to a fuel station, you get some you pump, you pump some hydrogen, um, you you're five minutes on your way and you have a 500 mile range and so 
the technology is not quite there yet, and there are issues with safety that they're working on. But I would like to see that you know be further explored a lot more. He's George Roska, the general sales manager of Mark Miller Subaru Midtown, thirty-five thirty-five South State. It is Utah Car Sense presented by Mark Miller Subaru. We are asking you today: What one law or rule do you want to see your fellow Utah drivers? Know better or adhere to more closely. 855-340-ZONE if you want to answer that or have any other story or question for us. 855-340-ZONE. Everyone that calls in is entered into the drawing at the end of the show for a four-pack of VIP Lounge movie passes from Mark Miller Subaru. John says if you aren't passing someone, get out of the fast lane. That's his one rule he wants you to learn and and go by uh, more closely. Also, coming up in hour two, Costco and Mark Miller Subaru. What do they have in common? Stay tuned. We'll tell you about it next here on Utah Car Sense.